them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want to look at one verse, verse 18. I want to welcome our visitors here, and I see some faces that I haven't seen in a while, so we want to welcome you back to RCC. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit laid a message on my heart here just recently to share with you that I believe will change our life, not only from a spiritual perspective, but from an emotional standpoint in our life also. From recent conversations with many fellow believers in the church and and even outside of these four walls, the Holy Spirit has confirmed that this is a timely message. The timing for this message is perfect. So, so tune in to me here on what I'm about to say. So many Christians are walking around with heaviness. They're walking around with a depression, a condemnation in their spiritual life because they are not interpreting. They're not viewing this subject that I'm going to talk about today from the proper perspective. The Word of God is very clear that when we, when a person makes Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, that there is a lot of cleaning up that needs to take place in the life of a person. Is that not right? I mean, you just don't come holy. Amen? There's something we need to do. And and I don't know about you, but uh, there's a lot of cleaning up in my life. Amen? And, but the Bible says that As a Christian, we are being changed from glory to glory. In other words, we cannot remain the same person you were. You cannot continue to do the same things you have done before coming to Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm saying? We need to make some changes. And there needs to be evidence of that change. There needs... Uh, to be evidence from the changes that you make in your life, uh, the stuff, the worldly stuff, the fleshly stuff, the devilish stuff that that we like to hold on to in our life, we need to let go of those things. And and that is part of the evidence of a changed life through Jesus Christ. Now, if God is your heavenly Father, if God is your heavenly Father, as time goes on in your life, from when you make Jesus Lord of your life until you take your last breath on this earth, you will be, become more like your heavenly Father day by day. His thoughts, His word, His words, His actions will become more like you. See, you get, become more like your Father. How many of you in your life, you can see traits in your life from your natural Father? You even said, you know, I mean, some of you said, well, when I grow up, I'm not going to be like my Father. But don't look now. Are you hearing me? See, so in a spiritual sense, if God is truly our Heavenly Father, we're going to become more like our Daddy. Are you hearing me? This is a good thing. This is a good thing. And that's why God says, be holy for I am holy. He's saying, be more like me, your Father. Become more like me. Let go of the things that, that would try to separate you from me. See, 
If you're a Christian today, change needs to be a positive word in your vocabulary. It does. Change is, if, if change is a negative word in your vocabulary, you got to have a mind shift right now. Because change is very positive if you're going in the right direction. We need to embrace and look forward to making, making the needed changes in our life that we may go from glory to glory. So today, I want to talk about the pruning process in the life of a Christian. What is God's perspective of that process? And how are we as his children to view the process? See, we all are going through a pruning process as Christians. And like I said, how we view and how we handle that process is extremely important. Because like I said, many Christians' attitude toward this pruning process is totally wrong. And if you have the wrong attitude, if you have the wrong perception toward the pruning process, I guarantee you, either now or you will become, you'll become bitter, you'll feel so overwhelmed in your walk with the Lord, you'll even begin to feel that God doesn't love you if you view this topic wrong. This is extremely important. You'll start to feel condemned. But listen, God doesn't want us to get bitter. He wants us to get better. See, I, I want to I introduce some things here that I, I hope changes your whole mindset on this whole topic. Because many of you, many of you listening on the radio, on the internet right now, you're, you're just walking and you're feeling so defeated. I, I can't do this thing. And it's because you perceive, you view the pruning process totally wrong. Now, I see an interesting progression in the book of John, the gospel of John. Specifically in chapters 14 through 17. In John chapter 14, Jesus talks about manifesting or revealing himself to believers if we keep his commands. I'm just summing this up. And then he talks about the Holy Spirit teaching us and being our helper on this earth. And then Jesus talks about giving us his peace. Not as the world gives peace. Are you hearing me? But the peace of Jesus, which is on the inside, it's not based on all these outward circumstances. That's the peace of Jesus. So he talks about giving us his peace. And then he goes on to talk about something that's extremely important in the life of a Christian. In John chapter 15. Go to John 15, 1 and 2. So it seems as if that Jesus is setting the stage in chapter 14. He's setting the stage for what, is about, what he's about to say in the next chapter in verse 15. Look at this. Maybe it'd be helpful if I turn there too, huh? Hallelujah. John chapter 15, 1 and 2. Jesus said this, I am the true vine. True vine. Say true vine. There must be a lot of false vines out there that people can plug into and they're not getting any nutrients in their life. No benefit. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser or gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. 
See, the pruning process from a spiritual perspective is very similar to the process in the natural with a tree or a plant. If there is a tree that has a branch that is dying or that is just plain dead, it is, if it's dying, it's either not producing good fruit or if it's dead, there's no fruit in that thing at all on that branch. If that branch is dying, you know it's not going to produce anything good, right? But listen to this. If that branch is dying and there's not good fruit, that branch is still taking some nutrients that should go to the good branches that are bearing good fruit. Uh, one, someone told me, I, I want to, some landscaper told me before that those branches that, that, that pull nutrients and they're not producing anything profitable, they call them suckers. They call them suckers. I remember this. I mean, no, we got a lot of suckers in our life that need to be cut off. Amen? If the branch is dead, it's blocking a space on that tree or vine where a new branch could grow and bear good fruit. Both of these circumstances are negative to a plant or a tree. Amen? So a, so a person would take a saw or, or whatever, some cutters or whatever, and cut those unprofitable branches off to help that tree, come on, to help that tree or plant become profitable and a blessing to the owner. Oh God, let the revelation knowledge flow today. See, a plant or a tree cannot and will not remain healthy without pruning. It will not. It will not. Now, let's apply that to our life as a Christian in a spiritual sense. You and I will not have a healthy spiritual life without the pruning process taking place in our life. And many Christians perceive the pruning process. Listen, this is where, where Christians get thrown off and they go in the ditch and they end up backsliding and walking away from God. Here it is. Many Christians perceive the pruning process as God being angry at them and that he looks forward just to beat them and harm them in their life. This is where people, I mean, this, this is the greatest hindrance to your walk in intimacy and relationship with the Lord. There's that wall there that people just can't get through because they perceive the pruning process is God being angry. And he just, like I say, he just can't wait to, to throw some kind of a disease or something on them to judge them. Are you hearing me? Well, if you are a Christian... You are his child. Are you hearing me? Our heavenly father is not a child abuser. Are you hearing me? That is not the heart of our heavenly father. That is not the God of the Bible that plants those thoughts in your mind. That is dead religion and that truly, truly, if, if, if what, that is a doctrine of demons. If you view your heavenly father that way, that he's just angry at you and he just can't wait to throw you in the pits of hell, that is a doctrine of demons. 
that has got tangled in your mind and is keeping you from intimacy with your heavenly Father. And the Holy Spirit is doing all that he can do to reveal these dead and dying branches, these hindrances in our life. The Holy Spirit has just really been illuminating to me how the pruning process in the life of a Christian is the love of our Heavenly Father in action. See, he loves you too much to leave you where you're at right now. Are you hearing me? He loves you too much to, to let you just walk on in that sin. He loves you too much to see you walk away from him. He loves you too much to see you get thrown in hell. Are you hearing me? He loves you too much. The pruning process is the love of our Heavenly Father in action. This is a glorious thing that the Holy Spirit is revealing these dead and dying branches in our life. Come on, we need to change our mindsets here. If you've ever viewed it from the wrong perspective, if this has been a hindrance to you personally, you need to view this from God's perspective. Now recently I was counseling with someone, not in the church, out of the area. I was counseling with someone and and they're sharing with me how, how they were feeling so defeated in their Christian walk because, because of the things that are, are, are just coming to their mind and, and being revealed to them in their heart and life that are negative. And they, felt, they feel so defeated. They feel so overwhelmed. And, and they're, just, they're at the point of just throwing in the towel. And this person, I, I've known this person for a while, and and this person loves the Lord. Their desire is to go deeper with their relationship to the Lord. I know, and, and I just knew they were just feeling so overwhelmed because of these things in their life. They, they just feel swamped. And, and, and so they're, they're, there's a lot of confusion on them, on this individual. And as that person was talking in our counseling session, the Holy Spirit spoke something to my heart. I mean, it just became illuminated in my spirit. Oh, and it, and it just, I knew that I knew this was the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit said this, this is not negative. This is a glorious work. This is a glorious work. But that person was interpreting and perceiving this as being negative. Friend, listen, what you perceive, how you perceive something that's what you're going to believe. If you perceive something wrong, your whole belief system is out of whack. You view God a certain way that's not in line with Scripture, you're going to view him out of, out of line of Scripture your whole life if you don't deal with this thing. Are you hearing me? And when I told this person what I felt the Holy Spirit spoke to me about that situation, I, I kid you not, the whole countenance an attitude changed instantly. Have you ever seen it when you spoke a word? The Bible says a word fitly spoken in due season. Oh, how good is it? Have you ever seen that you spoke a word to someone, of a word of encouragement or something, and it shed light on them, and their whole countenance, they just lit up? This happened to this individual when I spoke this. Why? Because their whole perception, their whole belief system was wrong about their Heavenly Father. Their whole perception of what was taking place in their life was wrong. 
And one word from the Holy Spirit will revolutionize your life. Are you hearing me? So the whole countenance and attitude change. And, and just like a hope, oh, a faith, a, a breath of fresh air came into this individual. And just right in the room, everybody who was in that room, we just lifted our hands and we started praising God. And the manifest presence of God was so strong in that room. Why? Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. This person was in bondage. Because they were believing something about our Heavenly Father that was not true. They were in bondage, and one word from the Holy Ghost broke the chains. Oh, hallelujah. One word from the Holy Ghost broke the chains. We as Christians need to rejoice that everything that our Heavenly Father does in our life is for our profit. Everything. Everything, there is not one single thing that our Heavenly Father will do in your life that is not for your profit, that is not for your benefit. He's not out to harm you. Come on. He is, that is not the will of God. He doesn't want to harm you. He wants you to deal with these things in your life. Cut those suckers off. Now, we all know if you continue to walk on and, and we let that dead branch and dying branch stay there and we get filled with these things. Come on, we all know. That we, judgment has to come eventually, right? But God, the will of God is for us to deal with these things. Are you hearing me? Are you getting this? So we need to rejoice that everything that our Heavenly Father does in our life is for our profit. See, God is for you. And our Heavenly Father is cheering you on. Just like any good parent would. Now, how many of you, you you've had good parents. Those of you who had good parents. And they came to all your sporting events. And they cheered you on. They encouraged you. I know some of you haven't received that from your parents and quite honestly a lot of the negative from your relationship with your parents a lot of you have dragged into your relationship with your heavenly father see but how many of you who had good parents and they were there and they're they were cheering you on and encouraging you this is what our heavenly father is doing to us today even when you are in the grossest sin that you can even think of he is there, and he's saying, come on, my son. Come on, my son. Come on, my daughter. Come, come out of this pit. Come on, follow me. Deal with this thing in your life. Don't, don't, don't push it to the side. Don't do it. Come, come on. Are you, are you getting the heartbeat of God today? And if you don't have that spiritual perspective of your heavenly father, you will live a life of feeling spiritually defeated all the time. A life of hopelessness. A life that views God as a cruel and unloving judge. God is love. And whatever he does in your life, it's motivated by love. Are you hearing me? Everything. Everything. Now, a lot of people like to twist this message and, well, God is love. Well, you know, he doesn't, uh, you know, it's okay to stay involved in this sin and that sin. Well, how many of you know that's, that's totally off? He loves you enough to, to allow you sitting in that dung. Are you hearing me? 
He loves you too much to let you sit in that thing. So God does expect us to cut those things off, those dead and dying branches in our life, when he reveals them to us. See, the grace of God is that the Holy Spirit has been given to us to help us cut those off, those things off. Now remember this, the Holy Spirit is called the helper, the paraclete. That means one called alongside to help, a partner in this thing. He won't do it for you, but he will help you in the process if you do your part. He's called the helper, not the doer. We're called to be the what? Doers of the word. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the helper. The helper. Say helper. See, Without the Holy Spirit, we would not be able to see those dead and dying branches in our life. Amen? Yes. We would just, we'd be clueless to it. We need the Holy Spirit. And God is trying to take us. He's trying to change us from glory to glory. From one good thing to the next good thing. And listen to me, that is not always a comfortable process. But... It is indeed glorious. It's not comfortable. Let me say it again. It's not a comfortable process. But it's glorious. It's a good thing. Amen? Go to Jeremiah 18.4. Jeremiah 18 verse 4. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 18.4, when I first got born again, uh, the Lord spoke this verse, the Lord spoke this verse in my heart to me immediately. Because, I mean, well, there was such a change in my life when I came to Christ. And, and I said, Lord, what is going on here? What, what? I mean, there's, this is incredible. What is going on? And he said, Jeremiah 18.4. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make it. When sin entered the picture on this earth, it marred, it distorted mankind. But those that make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life are clay in the hands of the master. That marred and distorted clay is taken out of the world, out of the devil's grip, and put into the hands of the master. He then begins to reshape us into something beautiful. Hence, from glory to glory. See, God is patient with us. Did you know that? God is patient. He is kind. He knows that this pruning process is a process. He knows that your mind won't be renewed in one day. Are you hearing me? Come on, this is going to set someone free here today. This is not a license to keep that thing, but it's a license to do your part in renewing your mind and being changed from glory to glory. Are you hearing me? God knows it's a process. He knows 
that every bad and unprofitable branch in your life will not be cut off in one day. He knows it. Listen to me. And we shouldn't expect that either. Listen to me now. He will reveal one branch, we cut it off. He reveals another branch, we cut it off. Then some time passes and we think we're in the clear, then he reveals another branch. <laughs> and we cut it off. Are you hearing me? Rome wasn't built in a day. The Bible says we're being changed from glory to glory. Glory to glory. Process, process, process. Are you hearing me? How many of you have been there before? You know, God is so gracious to us. I mean, he really is. He'll reveal like a, a bad attitude in your heart or something. And, and okay, you deal with this thing and then you, you get victory over this thing. And oh, then, then it, things, it's like a honeymoon, man. I mean, it's just great. The, your relationship just flows. And it's like, yes, I don't have anything else to be worked on. <laughs> Woo! I'm there. I, I attain to it. And then he reveals something else. And then the next minute you're like, oh, God. <laughs> God what? See, this is what I'm saying. If you, if you think of this thing and you think you're going to be fixed in one day, you lift the bar that high, you're always going to walk in, a, in condemnation and guilt. Come on now. This is setting some people free today. So now in John 14, like I said, Jesus talks about the work of the Holy Spirit and giving us his peace. In John 15, he talks about the pruning process and for us to abide in him, to remain, to stay connected to him. And then he goes on and talks about persecution for the gospel's sake. Now listen, listen to this. In John 16, verse 1, Jesus says something that's extremely interesting. The very first verse, right after verse 15, John 16, 1 says this. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. Now, now, now catch on here. Catch on. You got to remember, uh, chapter and verse were, putting in by, were put in by man. The end of verse 15, there's a continuation right into 16. There's, there's no stop. Are you hearing me? Jesus just gets done explaining the, some things in 15. Very important. And then verse 1, he says, I told you these things that you would not stumble or fall, or come on, backslide, fall away from me. Okay, all right, Jesus, what is it then you're trying to get across to us? I believe that Jesus is encouraging us as Christians not to get discouraged during the process of two things that you can expect to happen according to John chapter 15. Number one, that we would not get discouraged in the pruning process of our life. And number two, that we would not get discouraged during the persecution that we will face in this world for being Christians and followers of Jesus Christ. Those two things. Jesus saying, I'm telling you these things, that you don't fall away from me. So you're prepared that I'm going to do a work in your life. And the work is the pruning. And come on. If you're going to be my follower, 
you're going to be persecuted. He knew, oh, I love Jesus. He knew that if we have the wrong perspective on those two things, if we view those things totally outside of what God's word says about it, he knew that we will stumble and fall away from our walk with him. He knew that the enemy then would get the upper hand in our thought life and ultimately our entire life. Because it all stems down to, we don't know our Heavenly Father according to the Bible. We don't know the process of the Holy Spirit according to the Bible. We're not looking at this pruning process that it's for our profit. Oh my. And then in John 16, Jesus continues to Talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And then in John 17, the whole purpose of what Jesus is talking about in, in John 14, 15, and 16 are summed up in, in chapter 17. You want to know what that is? That there will be corporate unity in the body of Christ. Corporate unity. And that corporate unity is only going to come forth if we put into action chapters 14, 15 and 16. But you can study that on your own. That's a whole other message. But now listen, I want to talk for a moment about the word condemn and condemnation. Condemn and condemnation. Usually when we think of these words, we think of hell, we think of eternal separation from God. Isn't that right? And Now, come on, these are both biblical points. These are valid points. But on these two words here, condemn and condemnation, I want to bring to light another angle of those words. I want to, I want to show you another angle of those words that I, maybe you have never thought of in your life concern with, the, with the pruning process of your life. So what does the word condemnation mean? Condemnation means a verdict or to judge against. Condemnation means a verdict or to judge against. Now, as I was thinking of these words, immediately the Holy Spirit brought to my mind an example, illustration about a building. A, an example of a, a, a condemned building. Well, what does that mean? It means that building is no longer good or profitable to be used. It is not able or capable to fulfill the purpose it was made or designed for. How many of you know the word of God says that you as a Christian, you are God's building? Does it not? I mean, am I, am I off here? Uh, it does. You are God's building. Now, let me say this again. Get this in your mind now. A condemned building means that that building is no longer good or profitable to be used. It is not able or capable to fulfill the purpose it was made for or designed for. So the words condemn and condemnation in the context of a building now, a literal physical building, means a verdict or judgment 
that it's unusable. How did it get that way? How did that building get that way? No maintenance. No pruning of the unprofitable things in that building. Follow me. Just letting things go. Not dealing with any of the maintenance issues in, in the physical building. Just kind of letting things go. Are you hearing? Are you catching on to this? Where I'm going with this? How many of you know we as God's building, we need constant upkeep. We need constant maintenance. Are you hearing me? Go to John 3, 16 and 19. Jack read this this morning. I want to just touch on this again here. John chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. Jesus said this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him, in Jesus, should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son, Jesus, into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send, send Jesus to condemn the world. But that the world through him, through Jesus, might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. Come on now. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. You see, you need to take hold of something here, and, and I'm tying this into the pruning process. God did not send his Son, Jesus Christ, in, into the world to condemn or to judge mankind as unusable and to stay eternally, eternally lost, but that the world through him might be saved i find this interesting that the word there uses condemned and then the opposite of condemned is what saved that'd be an interesting word study for y'all but so he didn't send his son jesus to condemn the world listen or god didn't listen the original plan of God, the purpose of God, the intent of God, that's what God wants to be fulfilled in the life of every person on this earth. He sent Jesus into the world that the world might be saved through Jesus Christ. That the original plan, the original purpose the intent, the original intent of God would be fulfilled in every person's life. Jesus was sent by his heavenly Father to reverse the curse of condemnation that sin brought upon mankind. He who believes in Jesus Christ, the word of God says, is not condemned. But then it says, but he who does not believe is condemned already. How many in here Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. How many of you believe that he went to the cross, shed his blood, rose from the dead three days later? You believe that? Do you truly believe that? 
The Bible says then you're not in condemnation. But what is happening is the pruning process. Are you hearing me? Remember the condemned building illustration. The purpose of that building cannot be fulfilled. And without Jesus Christ as your Lord, your God-given purpose will not be fulfilled. And in that sense, your life is on a road to nowhere without Jesus Christ. A person who, is, who does not have faith in Jesus Christ, who has not made him Lord of their, of his, of their life, they're, they're, they're wandering around aimlessly. They don't know what they're doing. The Bible says they're stumbling in darkness. Are you hearing me? However, if Jesus Christ is your Lord, you are not condemned. Even in the pruning process of your life, you can maintain a positive attitude, knowing that your faith in Jesus Christ qualifies you to be a partaker of God's plan and purposes on this earth. But, John 15, it is a requirement that we abide and remain in Christ. And that includes cooperating with the pruning process. Go to John 15 again. Well, Pastor James, do you believe in once saved, always saved? No, I don't. Why not? Because the Bible doesn't teach that. Are you hearing me? The Bible is very clear. It says you can fall from grace. I mean, all these illustrations in what the Bible says, I mean, you, don't, don't be deceived. That's why Jesus was so adamant in saying, stay connected to me. Why? Because he knew if you get disconnected from him, all the lust and pleasures and temptations and sin in this world, if they get a hold of you, they'll pull you right away from him. Are you hearing me? John 15, 4 and 5. Abide, Jesus said this, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me, Jesus said. Jesus continued to say, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We can't do anything profitable in our life without Jesus Christ at the center of our life. Did you know that? I find it interesting here too. He said, abide in me and I in you. He who abides in me and I in him. You notice it's a two-way. Two oh, come on now. Because that's covenant talk. In a covenant, both parties got to do their part. It's not a one-way street here, guys. Are you hearing me? Like in a marriage. I guarantee you, if a marriage is one way, you're miserable right now. I guarantee you that. Why? Because God created marriage to be a covenant. Two parties, they both do their part. Are you hearing me? So apart from Jesus Christ at the center of our lives, we will not bear good fruit. Our life will be full of dead branches. And God's plan and destiny for your life will never be fulfilled. So we need to throw away the negative thoughts and emotions. When the Holy Spirit enlightens you or reveals to you or is dealing with you about a sin in your life, 
He's, he's exposing some wrong heart attitude. Okay, sin, there it is. I mean, it's sin. Sin sin. Say sin is sin. All right? Let's just say it. When he reveals a sin in your life, we need to throw away all the negativity about it. And we need to thank God for it. And we need to then begin dealing with that thing. And we need to pull the old saw out and cut the sucker off. Are you hearing me? Go to Romans 8.1. Hallelujah. It's a very popular passage here. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus or connected to the vine, who are remaining in him. Who do not walk according to the flesh, or just you're constantly feeding those sinful desires in your life, but according to the Spirit. In other words, if you are abiding in Christ Jesus, there is no chance of you being outside of God's plan and purpose for your life. That, that according to the scripture, that is an impossibility. If you, are, if you are daily seeking Jesus Christ, you're daily seeking to get to know him and your heavenly father more. Oh, hallelujah. It's an impossibility that you will get outside of God's plan for your life. Oh, he is so patient. In fact, hey, here's some news. God is so patient. He, he won't mind. He'll, he'll deal with you sometimes for years on a certain issue. He dealt with the children of Israel for 40 years. I don't recommend that. <laughs> cut that thing off. <laughs> cut it off. Say cut it off. But if you're going to live your life according to the flesh and sinful desires, listen to me. God is not, listen, God is not the one who condemns you. We condemn ourselves. Listen, if you are going to walk according to the flesh, if you're constantly going to walk and, and you're just going to sin and you're not dealing with these things, you are willingly declaring yourself as a condemned building. What does that mean? That you cannot and will not fulfill the Creator's purpose and original intent for your life. God, doesn't, God wants you to fulfill it. You understand that, don't you? He's cheering you on. You understand that now. But we are the ones that determine, that make the verdict, that judge ourselves unusable for the master. And it all comes down to how are you handling the pruning process in your life. Because if there's too many dead and dying branches in your life, it's impossible for good fruit to grow. It's impossible for any good fruit to grow. Because sin literally pulls us off of our spiritual life source, Jesus Christ. But he knows it's a process. He knows the issues that you've dealt with in your life personally. Are you hearing me? That's why the Bible says that God looks at the heart. Listen, you might be able to put a good show on for me or someone else. But God knows your heart. He looks on the heart. Are you hearing me? He know, listen, what I'm trying to say is he knows 
if you're truly seeking him. He knows if you truly hate that sin in your life. Right? He knows it. Because he, he looks at the heart. All right. I want to close by going to 1 John 3. I want to touch on something here that has really dragged people in the ditch too. 1 John chapter 3, verses 18 through 21. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth, and shall, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. This is written to Christians. Guys, listen. It's, it's possible for your heart to falsely condemn you. It is possible uh, for you to judge yourself as useless to God and his kingdom. Where am I going with this? The Word of God says that when we are walking in love toward God and toward man as a Christian, you are profitable for the kingdom of God. Now, how many of you, how many of you here as Christians, even now or in the past, you felt useless to God? But you know what? You, you were seeking, you're seeking the Lord. You're getting into the Word of God. You're seeking Him in prayer. You're, you're truly pursuing a walk with him, but just you're constantly battling these emotions of feeling worthless to God. You feel like you're useless to him. Can anyone be honest enough to say yes? I think we, pro we all have. This is where our heart or emotions can deceive us. And this, like I said, this could stem from a painful childhood. Uh, in, in other emotional wounds in your life because we drag all that baggage in from our childhood and, and whatever else we went through, we drag that into our walk with the Lord. And that's when we need to, by faith, put what God said in his word over how you feel. Are you hearing me? That this scripture in 1 John 3 shows us the importance of renewing our mind with the word of God. Because he said here, he's talking to believers. He said, if your heart condemns you, and you're doing these things, you're loving God, you're loving man, if your heart still condemns you, God is greater than our hearts. Did you catch that? Yes. It's possible for your emotions and heart to, to make the verdict to judge you useless to God. When that's a lie. So we need to renew our mind with the word of God so that you can truly know your heavenly father for who he really is and not what you perceive him to be based on your past hurt and pain. How many of you got past hurt and pain? You just had rough going when you were a child and all that stuff. I'm telling you, if that stuff goes undealt with, if those unresolved issues go undealt with, you will never walk in the intimacy level with your heavenly father that, that you need to be, that he desires for us. And friend, this is 
the very process of being changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. We simply as Christians need to cooperate with Him and we need to thank our Heavenly Father enough. We, we need to thank Him for loving us enough not to leave us in that place. Our whole attitude on this process needs to change. Because it's all about God restoring you and I back to his original purpose and design for our lives. Whatever God is asking and requiring of you and I, it's because he loves you. He loves you. He wants to restore you. And many times when when he wants to just pick us up in his arms and hug us, we, we run away from him. We, we run, we run, we run, we run. And then when we stop running, we stop and, and then we come to ourselves like the prodigal. Say, what am I doing? He's the very one that can pull me out of this pit. He's the only one who can pull me out of this pit. Our God is a God of restoration. That is his perfect will for mankind. So listen to me. From this point on, with the pruning process, let's look at it differently. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be comfortable. I'm just telling you right now. But Jesus said his peace he would give to us in the midst of it. And you need to know and thank God for what he's showing you in your life. And we need, come on, I know this is going to sound weird, but we need to enjoy the journey of the pruning process. Because I'll tell you right now, people, this pruning process is not going to be complete until you take your last breath on this earth. So guys, the only alternative, you just better sit back and enjoy the ride and cooperate with the Holy Ghost. And when we see Jesus Christ, come on, when we see our Lord and Savior face to face, we will be perfected when we see him face to face. Can you say amen? amen. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. God, I just feel the pain, Lord God, of the people, Lord God. I feel the pain of the past, God. I feel the wounds and their emotions, God. I feel the, the accusations of the enemy that the enemy's been, been bombarding them with, God, in their personal walk. Oh, God. Lord, let your healing be loosed upon them right now. God, I, I just feel today is a day of a, a turning. There's a turning point. And God, those people who've been running from you, I, I just, right now, I just feel that there has been a block. There's been a roadblock set by the Holy Ghost today. And that roadblock is divine. God's saying, stop running from me and start running to me. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Literally, if, if you've never made him Lord of your life, today needs to be that day because you don't know how many days you have left on this earth. You don't know when you're going to take your last breath. And friend, like I preached on that message, blank checks. The blank check of salvation that God gives to every person on this earth. 
That blank check expires when you take your last breath. Come forward today. Make him Lord of your life. Settle it today. Make him Lord of your life. Number two, maybe there's some people in here. You made Jesus Lord of your life in the past, but man, when I said that phrase, fall from grace, that just hit you right in the gut. Oh my. You have fallen from grace. You've ran away. You've been doing your own thing. You have not taken up your cross. You've shredded the cross. Today, though, you want to come back to him. You're ready to pick that cross back up. Because he will in no wise cast you out if you come to him today and rededicate. Next, maybe you're in this place. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. And you want to do that today. If, if, if you have never received the Holy Ghost baptism, I want you to come forward. I want to pray with you to receive the fullness of the Spirit of God. Lastly, if you're in this place, you need, I'm going to say, number one, an emotional healing. You are a broken individual on the inside, and you know it. You know you're broken. You need an emotional healing. I want you to come forward. Maybe you need a physical healing in your body. He's calling out to you today. And if the truth be known, a lot of times the brokenness in our physical body is a reflection of the brokenness in our emotions. A brokenness in our spirit, man. The rest of you, I want you to worship the Lord. And, and I want you to thank Him for the pruning process. I want you to thank Him that He loves you so much. That He wants to take you higher. He wants to take you places spiritually that you've never gone before. He loves you so much. And I want you just to lift your hands and thank Him right now. salvation, rededication, Holy Spirit baptism, and healing of any kind come forward today.
Ah, the love of God. Praise God. Have you gotten a revelation of the righteousness that is imputed to you through faith through Jesus Christ? Have you gotten a revelation of His love and mercy for you, His patience and kindness and mercy? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Sharon, come over. Turn, that up. Turn this mic on real quick. She, she spoke something. I feel like she does need to kind of give this. That's going to help somebody in here. that there is absolutely no love in Satan. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. There's only one person that you can get love from, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that wants best for you. So when we follow Satan, and we think that, that he'll be pleased, the only thing he wants is to destroy you before you're saved after you're saved he wants to drag you down so I think the message that the Lord wanted to say today that run to the love run to the love of Jesus Christ when temptations come remember where the love comes from right Hallelujah. Every, and I, thank you, sister. I said this before, and I'll say it again, that everything that God speaks of in his word with his commandments and stuff, you know, people look at that and think, oh, legalistic, legalistic. No, no, no. They're boundaries to keep you in the love and blessings of God. They're just boundaries because he knows, God knows if you step outside of them, you're going to give place to the enemy. Amen? Does anybody have a bulletin? I just want to make a couple of announcements here. Just illuminate. Thanks. Oh, here. Thanks. All right. Um, oh, da, 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 da. Okay. The prayer and praise service at the Assemblies of God. See that? The next healing and miracle service is Saturday, March 15th, 6 p.m. right here. Um, let's see. Don't forget. Oh, the chili cook-off. Yes. March 19th. All right. Also, uh, don't forget those who consider RCC as your home church. Stay after next Sunday because we got some pretty important things to talk about. So, yes. What's that? <gasps> Happy birthday. Did you hand in a questionnaire there? <laughs> That's why. That's why. All right. Hey, that, that goes. Elizabeth wanted me to make an announcement. If you consider RCC your home church, make sure you filled out one of those membership questionnaires because. Not only do we have your birthdays on there that we can put in the bulletin, but if there's a cancellation, if there's a cancellation because of weather or something, we'll have your phone number to call you and all that good stuff. So, well, yeah, Kathy. Um, for those going to acquire the fire this weekend in Grand
Yeah. All right, also this Wednesday, we're done with the John Hagee series. We're starting John Bevere's new series, Honors Reward, this Wednesday. So God bless you. Have a great week.